Good morning. Oh, I'd like to hear that. We're sorry that we couldn't be here last week. I uh, was uh, tried to do a video, and I won't go into all of what happened there, but it didn't make it here. But as I was doing the video, I realized that uh, I've been around for over half of those 150 years that uh, we celebrated last year. I guess that makes me old. <laughs> there are a few of you that are here that are older than me. My family's been around the church for probably 100 to 120 years, members here. And uh, so I go back a long ways. It's uh, just a privilege to be here. I better look at my notes so I don't get off track too much. You know, as I said, I'm old, and the problem with being old is you remember too many stories. My poor wife, as we drove in, she had to listen to me tell a story about this tree and that corner and all of that sort of thing as we uh, came down the road. And uh, then this morning we were visiting with Tom and uh, <clears throat> Rosalie, where we're staying, and she pulled out a map, and then I started telling stories about the different towns that were on the map that I, I had a story about. So, so I need to make sure that I keep us keep myself on track. <clears throat> the uh, one thing I wanted to mention: we just sent out a new prayer letter. And uh, if there are any of you who would like a paper copy, we do have some paper copies with us. Some of you don't receive it and may not have uh, seen it on the back uh, display back there. So uh, if you would like one, talk to my wife and uh, she would be glad to uh, give you one. Today, as I preach... I want to go back to some very rudimentary things. I want us to go back to some scripture, the scripture that was read this morning, and to think about what that means for us today. As I grew up in this church, one of the things that my personality is like is that uh, I never feel like I'm doing the right thing. I, I never feel that way. That's uh, not true. That's a lie from Satan. But that's how my personality is. So today I'm going to tell you the story of Cliff Reynolds, but, and how I came to be here today, but the story is really not about me. And I want to say that right from the beginning. You see, the story that we are to tell the world is the story about our creator God who keeps us in faith, who sustains our lives from day to day. And that's whose story we need to be telling. The Old Testament is full of statement after statement that says they were talking to the people, they were telling in the synagogues the story of God. Or, it's, or the scripture in the Old Testament tells us to do that, to be telling people about 
our God and what he's doing. So I don't want anybody to think that this story that I'm going to tell this morning is really about me. It's really about God himself and his greatness, his love, his grace, his mercy, all of those things. The scripture we read this morning, and I guess I better get my glasses out so I make sure I read the right words. From uh, Matthew 22, Matthew 22, beginning at verse uh, 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. We are going to go on beyond that, but I want to stop there for now. Let's pray. Father, as we look into your word, as I attempt to use my story to show how great you are and how your grace and mercy have brought me as a member of First Baptist Church to be a part of your ministry in Canada and to many people worldwide, we just thank you. I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth And the meditations of all of our hearts and our minds would be acceptable in your hearing, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. The greatest and most important commandment. My brother Jim and I were talking one day. My brother Jim and I didn't always get along very well. I was the oldest, and he thought he should be the oldest, and uh, I was sure I I ought to be the oldest. But we did love each other, and we were talking one day, and we both realized that we thought we ought to go forward. Pastor Jim Howard uh, was pastoring at the time, and uh, see about uh, accepting the Lord. We, We both loved God. We both... I knew that Jesus had died for our sins, and we both knew that we fought enough that we both were sinners. And uh, so uh, we realized that we both agreed that we needed to accept the Lord, and we needed to be baptized. And so we agreed together that the next Sunday at church, we were going to go forward. Uh, In those days, there was an altar call nearly every Sunday, And uh, so we knew that it would be uh, something that would happen. So we did. Made that agreement. And uh, we came to church. Uh, As usual, we were just old enough that we didn't have to sit with our mom and dad. Uh, But but being children, instead of uh, sitting somewhere where it would be easy to go forward, uh, the old church had a balcony. And the stairs to the balcony were in the very back. And there were one flight of chairs that went up, fairly narrow stairs, as I recall, to the back, or up to the balcony. And uh, so what did we do? We went back up to the balcony 
and we walked to the front of the balcony. So we were absolutely the furthest away from the front of the church, from the platform that you could be. And we sat there thinking we were going to go forward. And the altar call came, and we sort of squirmed and nudged each other, and neither one of us got up and uh, went forward that Sunday. But both of us knew that God wanted us to come forward. Both of us knew that God was calling us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's the first commandment. And we needed to start doing that. But we had already started doing it. We'd been in Sunday school for years and and, and you know, it was just the time that God had was moving in our hearts. But we didn't go forward. So that on the way, to, way home that day, we were sitting in the back seat, mom and dad in the front seat, and probably Richard in the middle. Richard's sitting over here someplace uh, in the front seat where mom could w- watch after him. And uh, Jim and I were sitting there, and we started saying, you know, arguing with one another. Why didn't you go forward? I thought you were going to go forward. You're the oldest. You should have gone forward. And uh, my dad heard us. And then we knew we might be in trouble. We didn't know what, what he was going to say. And uh, dad, he almost turned around. He was driving the car. He was a guy who didn't turn around. But uh, he, over his shoulder, he said, what are you boys arguing about? And so we sheepishly told him that uh, we had planned to go forward that Sunday and uh, didn't do it. And we were arguing about that. And my dad said something that for the first time in my life, I realized that my dad cared about Jesus Christ. He said to us, you know, you boys, if that's what you want to do, I think that is great. And I would be happy to get up with you and walk forward in church. I think you probably could have seen my mouth drop open. Because I really didn't know that my dad cared about Jesus Christ. Now his time here at the church, especially in later years, showed that my dad loved Jesus deeply. And but uh, I didn't know it. I you know I was just a kid. What do I know about anything? But uh, the next Sunday, at the altar call, my dad with his two oldest boys proudly stood up. And walked with us to the front. Where Pastor Jim led us to the Lord. Now we've had a lot of ups and downs in the years since. My brother Jim and I. Uh, But that story is one of our deeply remembered. Emotionally remembered stories. Of our dad. But mostly that God didn't give up on two boys that wanted to go forward, and he had our dad say to us, I would be glad to go with you. And uh, I remember my dad and Pastor Jim sitting there talking together as we contemplated what the Word of God said.
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. For every one of us in this room, that gives us our marching orders. Those words tell us what is the most important thing that every one of us can be doing. It doesn't make any difference whether you're 10 years old, 12 years old, as I was at the time, or 75, or 80, or 90. That's our daily marching orders. To love God. Not to go out and help somebody. Not to go out and give lots of money. But our marching orders are to love God. And that's the first and most important commandment. I've been thinking about this for a lot of weeks now. I knew I was coming and this is something God has been really deeply impacting me with. The most important thing every one of us in this room is to spend our time loving God. Learning more about him. Now I'm going to tell you in a minute how God gave me the opportunity. You see, for the next two and a half years, now I was you know, a, a fledgling teenager at the time, I didn't follow God at all. I was in total rebellion against him. Well, we would go to church and the youth group and so on. But <clears throat> I didn't. I, I, I purposely did not want to obey God. I was in rebellion against him. And I knew it. And those were the most miserable two and a half years of my life. I can tell you that. I was a miserable young man. I don't think I was even a very good friend to my friends, though we ended up doing a lot of the same stupid stuff. Fortunately, I was young enough and I couldn't drive, so I didn't get into bigger trouble than I might have with that rebellion. But God wasn't finished with me. And the reason I was so miserable is because God kept convicting me that I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. And I wasn't even close to doing that. That winter, there was the, some of you remember the old Christmas rallies that they used to have for the youth that uh, happened right after Christmas uh, through New Year's Eve. And we used to go to a church somewhere in usually over across the valley because most of the church buildings over here weren't big enough to handle that many young people. And uh, because some of you know who this is, Tom Fair was preaching. Tom Fair was an old-fashioned evangelist. And he preached about hell, and he preached about sin, and he preached about the need for God to get a hold of you, you to let God get a hold of your life. And I sat in that congregation, and I sweated, and I squirmed, and I was in a, in a little a chair uh, with arms on it, and I tried to squeeze the arms of that chair off because I did not want to go forward. And God in his grace 
had what I then called a little old man. He probably wasn't over 55, (laughs) but uh, sitting in the chair next to me. And he leaned over and said, Young man, do you have something you need to be with? Make right with the Lord. That's all he said. And what could I say? That was true. My dad had taught me never to lie, and I tried not to lie. And when he asked me that question, all I could do was bow my head and say, yes, I do. And that was a turning point for me, because when I went with him to the front and we prayed together, I seriously meant that I wanted to follow God. I wanted to love God. And that changed my life. And God cemented that because that same year in June, we had a missionary in the old church up speaking. They had the whole service. And they challenged us. I have no idea who the missionary was. I don't even remember what they preached about or talked about. I just remember that At the end, when they challenged young people to follow Jesus Christ and be willing to go anywhere in the world, that as a 14-year-old, I could not resist the call of God. It was as if God was putting a brand, a hot brand, on my heart. My wife and and her mother keep trying to get me to write a book called Following the Brand. Because... To this day, that God's brand on my heart is hot. I cannot stop talking about Jesus Christ. I cannot stop caring for people who need to know how to live for Jesus Christ. Because God branded my heart. And that's still true today. Why at 77 years old do I not even think about uh, actually retiring from ministry because God hasn't taken that brand off of my heart and probably never will because that's who I am. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 6 This is where Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. This this is called uh, the Shema. Uh, It's uh, a passage of scripture that Jewish people quote at least twice a day, some more than twice a day, and it's uh, crucial to them in their faith. And for those of us as Christians... It is a crucial passage for us too. But it's Jesus quoted that. Let me read it here. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. If you want to do a study that will leave you maybe breathless, at least realizing that this command to love the Lord your God wasn't a one-time thing. Just look up the number of passages in the scripture that either allude to or quote directly from Deuteronomy. There are a lot. 
God has called us to love him above all else. Get to my notes here where I'm closer to... One of the things that I I was... uh, I was the leader of the youth group, was often president of the youth group, And, you know, I never felt qualified. Never felt like I really ought to be. I mean, I loved to lead, and I loved to... Well, back then, I didn't love to talk as much as I love now, like it now, but uh, I still like to be the leader and help people and help the young people and keep us moving in, in good directions. But I never felt qualified. I always felt like somehow I just wasn't spiritual enough. Uh, when you said, when the scripture said to love Jesus and to love God and to be holy as Jesus is holy, I felt totally inadequate. I felt like I, 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 there's something wrong here. And, and yet, because God put that brand on my heart, I couldn't stop serving him, but I still felt inadequate. And God let me go that way for quite a few years. And one day I was in a conference uh, with named men, and we had asked uh, John G. Mitchell. Anybody know who John G. Mitchell is? Anybody here remember who John Mitchell is? John Mitchell founded Multnomah School of the Bible, one of the greatest Bible schools. Or, uh, in uh, North America, one of the most consistently Bible-centered Bible schools in North America. Well, he was speaking. That's in Portland, by the way, if you don't know that. I didn't go there, so that's a, a free advertisement for them. But uh, Anyway, John was speaking, and he's, a, he's a well-known. He comes from the prairies of Saskatchewan, actually. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, men of his caliber that have started schools all over the world that uh, uh, came from the prairies and were about his age. He said, you know, I've never memorized any scripture in my whole life. And that was after he'd just finished quoting a whole chapter. And we all looked at him like, you must be lying. You know, you quoted a whole chapter. He said, no, he said, I I really don't memorize. He said, but I read the Bible a lot. And I read through the Bible every year without fail. I've made that a discipline in my life. And God put it into my mind. You know, wow, if he can read the Bible through in a year and he can quote scripture like that, why don't I do that? Maybe I'll start remembering more scripture and being able to quote more scripture. So out of that meeting, I committed to reading the Bible through in a year. Now, I know where a lot of stuff is in the scripture. I still can't, I still haven't memorized a lot of it like John Mitchell had. But because I do read the Bible through every year, You see, that was God's surprise to me. He snuck up on me. He got me to start reading the Bible through in a year. And after a couple of years, I began to notice that I 
I really loved God. I, I really cared about him. I, I was so grateful for all he had done for people through the centuries and what, he, what I began to see him doing in my life. And I sat in my room one night in my home, uh, my study, and choked out, literally choked out the words, I love you, God. And that was a turning point in my life. I finally realized that I did love God, and and I had reasons to. I knew what the Word of God said. But one of the other things that was part of this surprise was when I decided that I loved God, what God had been doing and sneaking up on me with was that the the second part of this command... Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And the second is like it to give you the right words here. Love others as you love yourself. And I suddenly realized that I loved people. I cared about people and their relationship with God. And I could count on that because God had changed me. How had he changed me? He changed me because I got into learning more about him and learning to love him. And because I loved him more, he began to do the work that he said he would do. And that is change my mind, renew my mind, renew my heart so that I truly could be the man. Now, I'm still learning this. I'm not perfect. By, don't, you can ask my wife. I'm not perfect. But I'm different than I was. Because God did what he said he would do. Because I love him, he changed me. You see, the second part of that commandment, to love others, can only happen if we love God. Cannot happen any other way. You can't go out and start a food kitchen and do all kinds of things for people without loving God first. And there's a lot of people in this world, a lot of Christians in this world that have made a mistake and think that you can do the second part of that command and go out and do all kinds of things for people, but you don't have, but they don't love God yet. And for each of us, time in the word of God, time getting to know God, gives God the chance to do what he does. Now, who's the only person that can raise people from the dead? You see, for in Christ, we are alive. But outside of Christ, those who are not believers are dead to the truth. They're dead to God. And who's the only one who can raise the dead? The only one who raised Jesus from the dead, and that's God himself. And God raised me from the dead, took my heart and my mind, and changed it because I began to spend time getting to know him. How was the best way for me to get to know my wife? Spending time with her, talking with her, getting to know her. And I grew to love her. I I grew to love her more every day. 
because I see God at work in her life, and she challenges me spiritually, and I am grateful for that. But if I didn't spend time with her, if I ignored her, I wouldn't know that. And it's the same with God. Even more important, that we spend time getting to know our God, letting him teach us how to love him and then how to love others. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, two verses that I memorized. Fran Howard and Merle Tony at that time, later became Merle Childress, used to have us junior high kids over to their home. And we memorized scripture. I still have some of the packets of scripture that we memorized. And those, these two verses are one of the verses that I memorized back then when I was in junior high school. That was while I was still in rebellion, you realize. And God was sneaking up on me and having me memorize scripture that uh, would later become much more important to me. Trust in the Lord and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. What I'm hoping you see is that God will direct your path if you trust him, if you make him the center of your life, if you make loving God the reason for your existence. And what happens in that is that you have a story. You have stories every day of God's grace and mercy in your life that you can't keep to yourself any longer. You don't have to worry about witnessing. You just got to tell people about this God that you serve because he is so great and so gracious and so kind and so forgiving. He watches over us. Every minute of every day. And we all have those stories that we can begin to tell. But the ability to share that comes from loving God first. Making that the focus of our life. And for both Cheryl and I, that's what we hope comes through from our lives always. Is that Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross for us, his, the forgiveness and the renewal that comes through putting him first in our life, submitting ourselves to him. Even the, the scripture I just read says to trust, and we need to learn to trust God, and we can only learn to trust God if we're in his word and then realizing what he's doing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. And then we have all those stories to share with people. I'm going to close there. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You make our lives worthwhile. You change us to be more like you. You, we aren't holy in ourselves, but as we put you first, we see you making us holy. You make us love you. You, we, you give us new ways of thinking that we didn't know about before. And we just thank you for that, Father. And we give you praise, asking you to help us as we go out from here to uh, look 
for the opportunities to love you, to spend the time in your word getting to know you better so that our love for you continues to grow. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.